episode 25 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about collection curation in 2022. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and I talk about how we'll continue to curate our board game collections this year. We'll talk about containment, cohesion, and culling as means to shape the games we acquire and why we keep them. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about collection curation. We're thinking about the year ahead here with Adam, and we're going to talk about curation as it relates to like three themes, containment and like how and where your games are stored, cohesion, which is kind of what's the balance as a whole, like how do all those different types of games sort of come together for one collection, and then culling, which is what are you keeping, what are you getting rid of? kind of thinking of that as like sunrise, high noon, and sunset. Games that are just coming in, games that you're playing a ton, and then games that are maybe on their way out. And I know that Adam has some, while we're doing this, he has some new and different goals for what he's looking for his uh, board game collection to be this year and moving forward. Correct. I think some of them will definitely fall into those categories on that. Uh, some will certainly not and are ridiculous. So um, <laughs> looking forward to discussing that later. Um, containment is the first one. Yeah. And I'll start off there because uh, that's that's probably my biggest priority for 2022 is to have games accessible more so. Mm-hmm. So it's not going away from the general time-spending areas to find a game, make them more obvious, um, the other thing I would like to do for 2022 is to find more games that I can play while like sitting on a couch. <laughs> okay. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but you know, sometimes after like you work, you yeah. want to like sit on the couch, but you also want to play a game. Right. But then you just end up watching TV cause you're sitting on a couch yeah. and not a lot of games are couch friendly. Now, so I'm looking for couch friendly games. What I would say to couch friendly games. Now, first of all, digital games very couch friendly. So yes. uh, of course that, but let's, let's say that we're talking about physical board games that we still want to not be looking at a screen, but would also like to be on a couch. There are mm-hmm. coffee tables that are not, that they're making a lot of them where the top uh, has like this special hinge where it comes up and out. So then it's like a table at your couch. And then usually it's storage inside and then you can like push that back down. It usually has soft closing hinges. And then it like, it just goes back down into being a coffee table. Sometimes it's the whole top. Okay. And sometimes it's just like a split top kind of thing. So one side opens up and you like drop storage in it. The other side, usually when that table comes up, you are just looking inside of the coffee table. But yeah, I would say then if you go with something like that, you can consider small-ish footprint games that maybe you can play sitting side by side. Mm, that's a good idea. I did not think about that. I have seen that before. Oh, That's pretty pretty interesting. We did not consider it. We have ottomans that like match our couch. And that is the only reason I do not have one of those because it seems excellent. Just the way that our living room set up, it there wouldn't be anywhere to put the ottomans then if we then if we had one of those tables. But uh, yeah, they are they are awesome. And, you know, you can just like, of course, get the furniture you want to get. But Big Lots has them for not that many dollars. 
And then the ability to store inside. Right. I don't know where you want to store that collection, but I mean, it could be inside the same place. It would seem very fitting <laughs> to have the games inside the vessel by which we play games. Right. So that is not. Hmm. I'm very happy with my good. shelves. I talk about them a lot. I have the. Um, I used to have uh, calic shelves, like everybody does. The only I didn't like that they were just that size. You kind of have to you can only fit so many things in each one of those squares. It's great that they're nice and deep. But then when you get extra big games, you have to decide if you're going to take out one of the dividers, which involves like disassembling your whole shelf or like where you're then going to store those. So now I've moved over to it's crazy that I can't think of the name right now, but I probably will by the end of this episode move to a different. Oh, Besta move to a different Ikea product. Bestas are usually a little more for like TV entertainment center kind of stuff, but they make them in like the same basic frame, you know, same kind of dimensions, stackable, rearrangeable dimensions in a bunch of different sizes. They're still nice and deep. So I used to have to keep the uh, Takedo Collector's Edition, um, Queen Big Box games probably wouldn't have fit in a class, even though I didn't have any of those then. And um, the Ticket to Ride, like bigger edition. I used to have to keep those on top because they wouldn't actually fit inside. I have doors on the Besta, and I mean, they just close. So they do stick out a little bit on the shelf, but again, this Besta, you can have doors on it or not. They have all different kinds of mix and match styles that you can do, and I've really liked them. I think I'm going to be going for a, a full replacement because I still have some other games that are still on the other type of shelf, but I think I'm going to move towards all besta it's nice to have doors on it so it's not getting uh, unnecessarily dusty and then each besta cabinet's a little wider probably 20 some inches so you're able to if you like standing them up i think you probably fit even more i like to keep my boxes horizontal uh but you're able to just fit more games in less space because you don't have those dividers that are kind of eating up blank space quite as often yeah so it's I've I've really enjoyed it. No, that's awesome. And they look really great as well. I do think when you put a door on a shelf like that, I don't know. I feel like it's just a classier kind of right. look to it as well. <laughs> it feels like you are kind of saying, no, now this is a collection that like I put glass in right. front of it. Like easy. Take your riffraff elsewhere. There's breakables right. here. This is where I store my games. And this is where I display my games. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. Yeah, like. yeah. And it took, I mean, we've been into games for a long time. We had them on the metal, like metal pantry racks. I don't know what they're officially called. But you see, like, you see them at hardware stores. They have metal poles on the edges, and then the shelves are like a metal grate. And they're excellent because you can reposition them. That's another thing that you get with Besta over, like, uh, Calyx shelves, that you can reposition them to have different heights for where you want but the metal ones are completely open. So we had them inside of a closet, which kind of helps because otherwise it's fine for it to be completely open, but it does it, it it does not look like you are displaying them. It very much looks like you are storing them. Right. You definitely took off a pile of sweaters to now put on your stack of games. Yeah, probably some canned beans as well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it, it yeah. does scream yeah. repurpose, but there's like the Dice Tower library is on those kind of shelves. Like when you see there, when you see videos about it and you can get wheels for them and you can get covers mm. for them, apparently. So if you are someone who's ever moving your collection around or if you don't have a lot of storage space, you could like stack them tight 
and then be able to pull them out as you needed them if they were able to move. Uh, yeah. If you that's find, nice. yeah, and that's something that I'm actually thinking about those shelves for other storage in the house for things that like you don't like holiday storage or things like that, things you don't need to access very often. Where when I needed it, I could wheel it out and get what I needed, but otherwise it would just be compact and tucked away. So, mm. yeah, it's just regular house storage talk, right? <laughs> but anywho, so for your containment part, where where are your games stored now? They're currently in the well the second living room area mm -hmm. it's a split level home kind of thing um that i'm currently in and so it's in the one we use less frequently on that um but it's near like a table for which to play games and after our previous conversation i guess what i'm considering now is if we get this upgraded coffee table with the sliding up hinged yeah and then we keep the games that are playable with that system and then down there's essentially we keep the games playable on a full table next to oh, the full table. Right. That that then makes a lot of logical sense, which is what I'm looking for. Right. I don't care if they're in different locations, as long as got it. They're 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 making sense. Right. You know. That does make sense. I want all of my mine are near each other, but they are not in the same physical location. We have kind of like a front room next to our dining room that's not too big and also not super useful. And that's where a lot of the games are right now. And then around our couch, we have shelves like along the back of our couch because it's kind of the back of the couch is open to the rest of the room. What I've now done is put all of the solo games behind the couch because the back of that couch uh, faces our dining room table. Like the table, it's actually in our kitchen, but it faces the table where we actually play games. So... For me, then, if I'm looking to play a game by myself, kind of similar to what you're saying, if I'm looking to play a game by myself, I can look at those shelves now and know that any of those games I can play solo. I'm not kind of looking at the all the other games and, and trying to find the ones I can play solo. And then I've also, in that other room, it's two player or more games. And there's a new section that's all just the two player only games. So again, then when people come over, we're looking for games to play that two player only section is a little bit distinct, but those are the ones that Aaron and I will very often grab and take to a coffee house. So yeah, that makes, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. I, I was going to say like, Oh, I don't think my collection is like that, but it's exactly like that. I have split it up by like how the playing is happening and it just makes it easier to peruse. And that's the thing you're often, when you're thinking of a game to play, I think most people like to just go stare at them and see what jumps mm -hmm. out at you. So having the right ones in context is is good. For sure. Excellent. Well, all those problems have been solved. So I guess we move on to the next topic. Oh, there you go. Topic. That's cohesion. What is the, the balance of games? I said that I have one player games, games that have a one player mode. Some of them are one player only, but mostly there's a one, a solo mode in the game. I have two player only games. Then a lot of, you know, two to four or one to four games. And there's a few three player or more games and those also are kind of grouped together so for the balance of the games we have what i realized when i was reorganizing i used to have maybe four tops um Kallax cubes that were solo games i still like to keep those off to one side but they were just with everything else now i think there are nine or ten that have a one player mode and sometimes you know how those shelves go 
sometimes that's only four games in, in one cube. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, the total number is like pushing 60. So where it used to be maybe a quarter or less of my collection that had a one-player mode, now it's like it's charging towards half that have a one-player mode. So that balance of the player counts definitely changed. And that's also true for three-player or more games and then the two-player games. We used to keep a lot more of the three plus games at our house. This is a couple years ago. We were all uh, we were all in town. We were all playing games every week, and we would even be storing a lot of uh, your games, a lot of Jason's games, because that was like that's where we were all playing games the most often. So it made the most sense right. to just have them there. But as kind of going into twenty twenty two this year, it's like that's just not the reality like it used to be. So now right. I was like, I, I don't think it really makes as much sense for me to be storing games when chances are you're going to have more opportunities to play them if you have them with you versus being at my house where the opposite used to be true. So that also kind of changed the overall changed the overall makeup of our collection. I don't think it's really changed too much as far as light games to medium games to heavy I think that balance is pretty close to the same. I think we crowd still around the medium to medium heavy kind of stuff. Uh, super light things we usually just don't find engaging enough to keep. And then really heavy things, you have to work your way up to playing. So if you're not really into them, the extra time they take, if you're not playing them often, the rules relearning, it's just not necessarily this is not necessarily worth keeping. So that's kind of our mix of stuff. What sort of mix of things do you have right now? I would say the the focus would be uh, I do like to keep a lot of party games. I am the person mm. that will take a party game. Uh, I'm not really hosting a lot of parties, but like if I'm going somewhere, I will absolutely throw a couple in the vehicle in mm. case. There's nothing to do, you know, because, yeah. you know, some events you just end up at, whether it's <laughs> family or what. I don't take it like work stuff, but I guess yeah. it's like any like family or, or someone else's family or you just kind of end up places like, what do we do? Well, I do have this just one game that takes two seconds to learn. It mm. probably would be pretty fun yeah. as an option. And we don't ever have to, but like. I think it's pretty harmless and potentially really valuable for that. So I do like having those games. I like being the person in charge of bringing the party, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so that, and then I would say high, high light, low, medium, two-player games. Or games that are, they don't have to be two-player only, but games yeah. that are good for two players. Um, would say probably the most frequent games that I would want to continue to acquire. Yeah. And that are currently in the collection uh ones that again low relearning i i don't like relearning any game honestly and so mm. i will but most of the times i'll just wing it and then play it wrong <laughs> for a handful of times it's really more what happens right. and you slowly relearn as you check on specific rules when they're challenged um you know but yeah lo- low relearning pretty quick i like a good turnaround in a game i'd rather play here's my i guess top two rules i'd rather play four games that I really like over and over again than like 30 games sporadically. And I would rather play, well, there was a second rule a minute ago. Hang on, hang on here. Okay. I will say, while you think that sounds a little more like Aaron, I kind of pressure him into playing a lot more new games because I like discovering stuff. I don't really love learning rules, but once I started to play more games, I just 
wanted to discover ones I'd like even better. Uh, so he's a little more on the edge of, I don't, I'd like to learn a game once. I'd like to play it enough that that at least gets solidified. So when I come back to it, it's not just new all over again. Yeah. Oh, I remember my second rule is I'd rather play five games in like an evening than like one big game mm. in an evening as well. So I like, that's that kind of smaller. I think it's just kind of more fun to turn over and like go through more games. Right. I definitely in general. get the feeling of, it, it depends on the long game. We we played Corrosion recently. It took us a long time, but it didn't necessarily feel like we were playing it forever. I think that that is uh, often not true for me. When we were playing games online, and that always kind of takes more time digitally to be moving mm -hmm. around than physically. They just, uh, by default, you can pretty much add, I don't want to say double, but some big games, you should double them if you're going to play it on Tabletop Simulator or something else. So when it gets to about hour three on a game, I typically lose my will to continue at all. Like I'm just like, that's, that's me topping out. I definitely get liking a, liking a shorter game. And I think it can just, if you're not really into it, you disconnect from the part of it that is fun and it becomes more not idealized work. At some point, just finishing the game can kind of feel like, well, I just... I just have to do these tasks I have to finish up before I can clock out. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I, I do like a, I like a quick moving game day. I don't, and I think I prefer usually for that reason to start with really heavy games. Like if there's some big game that we do want to play, I prefer to start with mm -hmm. that right away whenever the game day first starts and then kind of burn away, like go ahead and put all your energy and focus into that. And as the night goes on, I'm not trying to get heavier and heavier. Usually I want to get lighter and lighter as, as time continues. Yeah. And that's good too, because ending on that heavy game, if it goes longer than expected, you yeah. know, sometimes you're playing way too late. Yes. Yeah. And you do feel obligated because it is a very, you know, you're playing as a group, you all committed to this. So you do feel obligated to stay. You feel bad especially if you're also not the one winning you are probably less interested so you're like i could go right now but you feel bad being like ah, i'm not going to win this anyway so we're just all done here you don't really want to break it up for the group but yeah you can find yourself like oh it's one it's 1 a.m huh all right good right we drove to disneyland we're having fun by god you know like right 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 uh yeah definitely agree now do you have more more luck, more strategy. Does that even really matter? Is it really more of a time, time player count thing for you? I think it's more of a time player count. Mm -hmm. um, again, not, I wouldn't say anything like super high strategy because that just usually takes longer. I feel like yeah. in general, Yeah. you know, I do think that typically higher luck's going to mean faster. Yeah. Rolling true. cards. I do like things with cards and dice. I would say the majority of games I have are cards and dice because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're so much fun. Yeah, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of dice. We've gotten a lot more roll and rights, I think, than Aaron would necessarily care for. But I also like, you know, you're talking about party games, high interaction stuff. I don't know if that's the same for two player for you. I am fine with low interaction games. I'm not going to have a lot of uh, uh, from the podcast I wasn't on. I'm not going to have a lot of deception games. Those are really going to be. Aaron uh, saying that they he wants those to stay at our house. I much prefer to, yes, we've all 
we're all doing this activity. We're all trying to do this activity our best. We can kind of talk about it. But ultimately, like, I don't really want you attacking the things that I've built. And I, you know, I wish you success in your ventures as well on your side of the map. I think it's pretty high interaction games as I'm scrolling through them. I think it's very much, I'm going to stop your plans or take your thing or those kind of things. So, yeah. Just kind of learning that right now. I don't know. I have more information than that. I'm just kind of, you know, scrolling through the old brain. That kind of makes sense, too, that you say that you like to have, be the one bringing the party games and like to be introducing that because then you are, uh, by and large, those party games are about interaction. It's not a lot of party games where you're like, okay, crazy party. Everyone go fill out a worksheet. Like there are like, welcome to, you can play with a ton of people, but it's not, it's not usually a party game then. No, not in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So now a calling. I've done a lot more calling as I've been very actively kind of turning over our collection, things that we had that we just weren't playing, bringing in new games and not really wanting to grow it, the whole collection as big as the new games I was bringing in. What kind of games have you called or are you more in a, we're going to sunrise some new things into this collection so i'm actually looking for 2022 to be a bit of both Mm. on this i'd like to start the year off on a strong board game playing to kind of figure out what is going to be gotten rid of Mm -hmm. and also then what is going to be acquired for the remaining part of the year kind of those credentials of what exactly uh, are we looking for in this situation i would say probably looking to there was a last year was a, an acquiring quite a few two player games year. Okay. And so really kind of honing that, maybe getting rid of some of those that just don't have that replay value that I was promised on those five star reviews. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know that that kind of a thing. Um, so I think balancing. I don't know that I'm looking to actually gain or lose any numbers, mm. but maybe just improve, like a, a kind of revolving door at this point of. What goes out comes back in and vice versa. Yeah, we definitely got a lot more two-player only games. That just wasn't a thing that we were doing very much. Like sometimes, but not a lot. A lot of those games are inherently in smaller boxes. And we've been trying them very like free. uh, Like we'll just try any of them so far and now we're starting to be like all right we're not gonna do like word games two player we don't really like doing them we got a little wordy which is a name of a game not just we started talking a lot we got a little wordy and it is a good game except aaron played uh words with friends so much that like it is not fun for me to be playing with him, like as you as you grow a category, same thing can be true for rolling rights or whatever. You kind of grow a category and you're like, oh yeah, I think we want a lot more of these games. And as you play them, you're like, okay, but not those games. <laughs> right. Even when they're well, you know, well reviewed and well rated. So you're you might be at a game store or might be looking online at all these different games. And yeah, maybe Board Game Geek said it was a five, but if you get it home and you have a great time, it does not matter what anybody else or the collective internet had to say about that. Yep. Agreed. We kind of had this, and I mean, we say, I say we, it was me. I had this influx of more games at once than I really expected. 
I am in more of a pattern of working through those quickly, but that sunrise category used to be one game a week tops. And Mm -hmm. it went like in these first few weeks, it grew way more than that. So now I'll still be playing through all the games in the collection here early in the year, but what's going to stay at that kind of high noon level of these are the games we're playing the most of. I'm not sure what that number is going to be, but I know that in the sunset category right now, I'm not completely maxed out on my game storage. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the way I want to keep it. Like I don't want to, I think ever be maxed out where I am, which means I don't want to, I don't want to grow it to the point where it doesn't fit where it does. I used to make games smaller and was trying to like rebox them really just because you're storing a lot of dead air in some of these boxes, which just seems unnecessary. But I've also realized you just don't, play them as much i had like this organizer divider thing that's really for photos and you'll see people use it here and there for small games it can be nice to travel all your games that way and the way you're saying that you're gonna play on the couch you might want to get one of those photo boxes and a bunch of little two-player games and then they're all right there consolidated and it's easier to kind of store and move around but for me, because that wasn't like the core way we were playing, I would just forget about those games and just kind of forget they existed. So I recently took them all. I saw the boxes. I put them all back in the boxes again to actually see them and to see how much will we play them when they're actually out. So we're going to see how that goes. But I wouldn't be surprised. I'm trying to be more realistic about the things that I ought to keep. I don't think I ever really want like 300 games. I already have over 200 games. And I think that you know, it's, that is a commitment. It is a lifestyle and a commitment. Right. I, I think that I can't, I don't think that I want to manage or I don't think that I trust that I will really play that many things enough. So I'm already kind of looking at games. I only played once last year. I'm going to play at least once this year and then probably evaluate those and say, and that's where something like BG stats app helps. If you're kind of trying to manage collection curation stuff like what is it really worth me having because one of the things you're saying you're keeping games on hand as party games that you're going to take other places grab and take other places we are keeping some games on hand for when people come over and they're not actually gamers they're not they have not committed to a board game lifestyle but would like to play a game so ours are not full out party games, but we are keeping more, some games that are more casual that we ourselves, just the two of us maybe won't ever play. And that's a thing where I'm like, how much is that really happening? And when we are keeping those games, we can probably find games that fit that category that we also like to play instead of just holding onto Mm. ones that we know are easy enough to teach and other people might like. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And I don't I don't know if there's a crossover, I guess, in my situation of like games for Christmas and then also games that like I want to play throughout the year. But I'm also just okay, I think, with that storage space going towards games that are played once or twice a year, even Mm. just for that. Like, I I think I'm just perfectly fine with the cost of time and space and managing (laughs) because it's not taking up that much. No, of it. It doesn't. It definitely doesn't. And that's where. I don't have the restriction of space. We have more than enough space. I could put up another bookshelf or somewhere, anywhere, and would be able to store more games. And I think one of the things outside of just games that I'm 
thinking about is I don't have that space pressure to not hold on to things, but I'm putting a different pressure on myself functionally to not hold on to things that I know aren't useful. I think when you have that space pressure for your collection, whatever it may be, or just for your, for your life, you have to evaluate your belongings in a different way. When you don't have the pressure, it can be easy to just keep anything, whatever. Um, so yeah, there's definitely, I could have all these games that I got rid of last year and games that I continue to not want. I could just put them, you know, we have a basement. I could put them downstairs in the basement somewhere and just kind of not think about them and know they're there and could go grab them when I want. But I think I'm kind of aiming for, uh, I think I'm putting those like sort of arbitrary numbers on it because of how many games that I know I like to buy. I like to discover games. I think Mm -hmm. without the arbitrary, arbitrary pressure, I'm just, uh, I'm going to end up with a, a problem. Right. Because once you hit over 250, then you round up to 500. And then, you know, it gets tough. Well, it starts to be like, well, you know, you probably just have a dedicated room. And then once you have a dedicated room, then, because we don't really, right now, we don't actually have a dedicated room for games. It's close, but they're really more scattered throughout the rest of our life. And we certainly could decide to do that. Uh, I don't, um, yeah, it, it would be easy. There's enough, there's enough space and Ikea will just sell you another set of, they happy to, they're happy to sell yep. you another set of shelves. So yeah, I don't, I know there are people who manage a personal collection that's quite large. Uh, and I think that mine, mine is large enough that you walk in cause that room is right by our front door. So it's large enough that a family friend came by recently and was like oh so you're like really into this and that's that's about the number i want not so much that it's like oh god but like a hearty bookshelf's (laughs) worth of like oh you're you're really into this like yeah i'm i'm really into this and she was like oh i know someone like this who who does this and it's like yes (laughs) that's that's the amount so not not so little that i'm trying to like hide in the closet not talk about it but not so much that like it's gonna gonna take over. Right. No one's saying, is this a business? Like is this what you Right. Yeah. Surely you're selling these because right. this is a stock room. That is what I'm <laughs> kind of pulling back from. And I had a lot I used to work at GameStop. I had a lot of video games and video game accessories. I still have a fair amount. But that's the same thing where I'm thinking of that sunrise, high noon, sunset. There was a high noon kind of period of video games where I was playing a lot and collecting a lot. And now more of that collection is like going into that sunset phase of what are the things that I really want to keep? There's mm-hmm. a lot of those things where I I'm not touching it. I'm not I don't even know that I'm really appreciating it or using it anymore. I just have it because I have it. And what is that? What what I guess joy is that bringing me in the Marie Kondo sense of it? Right. So this is a, I'm, I'm going to go on to the next Please. phase of Please this. Uh, and this is, I, I have a goal for 2022. I think I do, at least. And it's it's board game adjacent, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I think I want to start playing Dungeons & Dragons again. Mm-hmm. And it's been a good decade since I've played, if not longer. Okay. Um, maybe 15 years. But they're making some cool stuff. You know, because you go to the game store where they also sell these Dungeons & Dragons books. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, uh, an Acquisitions Incorporated 
like oh, yeah, world yeah. from from like Clank. So like, um, so I'm like, that's super cool that you could play in that world of things. There's one very specifically like Magic the Gathering style of like this mm-hmm. these like school. Kind of like Harry Potter, but not Harry Potter because you know we don't need to get people yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a school of wizardry. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty cool. You know, like they're doing some really neat things that just keep catching my eye. And I think it'd be fun. I don't know if that's going to be in person or if it's going to be online or what that actually looks like and things like that. But I think I may redabble back into that world again this year. Now that's you for Dungeons and Dragons. You have like a dungeon master, right? And then like a group of people that then play it. Is that any, so if you need a master and someone playing it, is that, what are the player counts like for that? Now, when I played previously, it was always like two to three players and then a dungeon master. I think you can have like 10 players if you want, but I think that's a lot of managing of people. I mean, that seems like a business at that point. Yeah. Right. Um, but, and I'm pretty open. I think I would definitely want to just come back in as a player. Uh, I mean, I've done both over the course of my life, but I think re-entry as just a player level, showing up, cast some spells, throw a spear, whatever, you know, just have a a good time with all of that. But I, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty fun. I've kind of gotten the itch again after all this time. Yeah. And that you're going, I, I hear, this is not nowhere that I have very much experience. I've played Dungeons and Dragons a couple times it, would this be strictly dungeons and dragons or are you like rpgs other ones you'd be like yes i'd also i'd also be interested i would say that I'm, i would be interested but the draw of specifically licensed wizard of the coast products is what's okay. making me want to play again like the fact that they are now doing this acquisition incorporated they're doing the Strixhaven, which is the magic school of wizards thing. Like okay. they're the ones writing those. And I think that would be the most fun right now. So I'd rather kind of jump into the most exciting and then deviate as I hear about more stuff. Or if, you know, if you, if you find a group of people that's like, oh, this is awesome. I'll play any game as long as we're all playing this mm-hmm. game. You know, that, that could be the case. Um, but I'd rather find the subject matter first. Right. That's going to be pretty cool. Right. And that's that kind of cross, I imagine, that cross promotion is this is the exact intended effect marketing wise is to work perfectly (laughs) get someone like yourself who has had a lot of experience with magic to then be like, I don't know, we're also doing cool things over here. Yeah. And I mean, I played a bunch of D&D for a while. So like, you know, and I still have all like the old books and stuff. So like, yeah, I think to that redraw for new people and to bring people back into it, I think they did beautifully. Mm. You just have to respect whatever, whatever long plan. I don't know how long they've been doing this. Yeah. But like 20 years ago, if they're like, we've got a train in motion. And in 20 years, <laughs> we're getting this guy back. You know, so I think worked. I think there's something about that, like marketing of if you like this, then you'll love that, where they're sort of like, if you spend enough time doing this, it's really, it's really not that big of a jump. As you're saying, it's at the same store. Like you're already here, actually. So you'll probably also like this. I, I can't say for myself that I, there's also like miniature games and that can even be (laughs) sort of still within board games. I I can't say that I'm I'm being pulled into any of the other 
corners of the board game store at this time. There's a RPG for the North Sea trilogy. So mm-hmm. all, like the Raiders and all that that I bought because it like I was just buying the trilogy and they're like also an RPG. And I was like, you know, maybe. But the answer so far has been no, no, because you have to <laughs> you have to read the whole book for those to like it, it's to learn how to play it. So then I'm like, well, that's a long rule book. And I'm only. Yeah, it's a lot. So into, yeah, only so. Well, all RPGs are are a giant rule book, really. It's just people learning the rules for a year and a half. (laughs) Which is interesting that you're being kind of drawn to that in the new year when on the board game side, you're like, not long rules, not long play sections. I know. People are complicated. And I guess I fall into that category. So, yeah. But that's, there's a lot more, (laughs) I guess, imagination and there's, uh, it's a different play experience than a board game for hours that RPG. Would right. It's all interactive. If you think about it that way, like, uh, you know, as being like a highly interactive game person, it's like, well, this yeah. is really all that. That's all it is. We're all just interacting with each other loosely based on some words yeah. on a page. Yeah. 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 Interesting. I can't say that I have other 2022 gaming goals. It's really Playing them all is kind of my default one. Well, you know what? I will say I have a light goal to play a game every day. Okay. And yeah, that's awesome. It's go I've I've played games for twenty four days so far. We're recording this on the twenty fourth of January. Seems fine. Uh because I'm not excluding apps from that. I'm not excluding board game arena. And even just like a lot of those button shy wallet games will be like a 10 minute play. So there has been one right. day where I was like, Oh, I, oof, I got to play something. Um, and I think for me that ties in more with the benefit that I've gotten out of games that I think I've gone deeper into them, why I've gone deeper into them, why I want to manage the collection and discover these new things and, and keep doing all this stuff in board games. I guess even have this podcast is that I think it's been incredibly beneficial for mental health throughout i mean throughout the pandemic just with life's challenges in general i think it's been a great way to disconnect from other things get my mind thinking about something else and then it ends Mm -hmm. up kind of triggering like self-care time so if i'm spending a day i'm spending time every day playing a board game i might not otherwise spend because i just feel like i have the time for self-care and it'll happen when it happens I might not otherwise spend self-care time in a day because I'll just get distracted by whatever else. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of, it's a lot to put on board games, but I'm kind of hoping it bridges, it kind of bridges into self-care and trying to uh, ritualize self-care a little more instead of it being a thing that will happen when it happens. And I feel like, well, I've got tons of free time. I, of course, I have time for self-care. I'll do it tomorrow trying to not kind of be on that tack with it so again that's a very we have not opposite goals but as far as the setting of them pretty opposite because i'm not i I could have said play a game with people every day but i definitely didn't and that has not been the case (laughs) Um, right so yeah yours is uh, a lot more interactive longer experiences and i am like you know what just a little self-care just me time every day and i think is if i start taking that 
I'll probably branch into other me time. Like I'll just be used to doing it a little more. And I think it's just, it's so easy to cast that aside, especially when you have the time to do it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and I couldn't agree with you more about the, the mental health aspect of it. And I think for, for me, I think about the community aspect mm. that it does keep, I think you connected with people you want to spend time with and not that you need a reason to do that but it's a pretty great reason right hey let's play a game but really it's less about the game it becomes about just the spending time with the people of things and of course that's how you and i and aaron and jason spent a lot of our time together there's a you know you play those games or the like just questions get to know you question things Mm -hmm. or whatever like questionnaire things and then a question that will come up sometimes is the, if you could relive one day from your life, you know, like one of those generic things. And I'll tell you, my answer is the same every single time. Oh. And I said, I can't tell you what the day was, but it was one of our game days. And you could pick probably a handful of them where like, we just laughed so hard about nothing. And we just played games and ate food. And it's, and it was, in one way, it's nothing spectacular, but it's also the absolute most spectacular. Right. It's the best. Right. And, and what, I, what I love about that is also it's recreatable. We can still have that. We yeah. still do have that. Like, yeah. we still do these things, but I do look back so fondly in the past and in the present, and I look forward to the future for that same reason. And I think board games do are a big part of that. I completely agree that something about setting that intention to to get together for a game, you just feel maybe it's the same social contract that comes with playing games together. You don't want to break it. The way we were saying that, you know, you don't want to start a game and then leave in the middle and go do something else. Maybe there's just a little more commitment if you said you were going to play a game than if you said you were just going to stop by or you were just going to chat. And that little extra commitment just helps solidify things a bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think somewhere in that it's got to be, there's got to be some other layer to it because it does feel different than other things. You know, people will cancel a lunch or, you know, things like that. But this is, it's just different with games. Yeah. It really is. And maybe it's because you could eat, you cancel a lunch, you're going to have lunch anyway. If you cancel on game day, you're not necessarily going to even get to play those things if you, if you don't make it. And right. Yeah, what what then comes of it after that is something special. Thank you so much for listening to episode 25. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. How are you storing your games? Are you growing or shrinking your collection? Let us know on any of the platforms I've just mentioned. The next episode will be Aaron and I talking about a couple of two-player games, unless you're listening to these in reverse, in which case you'll hear Aaron and myself talking about the game Corrosion. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today.